You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, The Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Marina Shafir, you are free. I'm free. Yes, you are. (laughs) Feels good to be free. Feels good, doesn't it? It does. It really does. Not only are you free, but you were also the first woman to uh, appear in the narrative, which is, you know, I get goosebumps every time I say that. Like, <laughs> like Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty cool. I think I'm not, like, realizing the magnitude of that mm-hmm. yet until, like, other things start happening. Yeah. And, like, but it's pretty fucking cool right now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's pretty cool to just, you know, be able the timing of yeah. it. Yeah. The timing was great. Because like, the first time you called me, you called me for some cinema. And I just started giggling because it was—I was like, "You're going to be the first girl we work with, you know, to be the first yeah. female." And there's so much uh, uh, what we ended up creating together, and then where it was placed, and 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 what's to come, was such like a uh, natural, I think. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, it was—it was going. Uh, we were going through the process of creating the second one, and. Uh, we kept in throwing names around for females, and it was just—I kept on going, like, "Let's just see what happens naturally," and that's then you. You showed up here and sat on the couch and made us all cry, and now here we are. <laughs> I know. I know. And it, it's just, it's funny because it was an idea that, like, as soon as I got released, um, my husband was just kind of like, well, like, what do you want to do now? And I just feel like the, the feeling that I had was like, what? Like, it was just kind of, it was something, but I didn't know what it was, and... Um, you know, you gotta, you kind of have to have that conversation with yourself, of like, like who are you, mm-hmm. and what do you want to be about? Yeah. And uh, then the rest of it kind of happened. Well, um, like I want to get into the inspiration here in a second. Um, how old are you? Thirty-three. Thirty-three. So you've been in the wrestling industry for how many years? Uh, a little over three years. Yeah. Yeah, going closer to four now. Three and like. Uh, you... I don't like to count like the COVID year. Yeah, I really don't. I just I, so I would like to say three. Like COVID, no one was training. Yeah. I mean, like me and Roddy were doing uh, some <laughs> suplex drills on our <laughs> ten by ten mat, but like yeah. you know, well, there was no ring training. Yeah, and it happened to a lot of people. I mean. When we did the first narrative, a few of the guys were like, oh, I haven't wrestled in a, a year, you know what I mean? And, and, until that moment. And yeah, and that's, you know, uh, there's so much muscle memory and, and stuff that you just lose through that process. Uh, when you, like, when you first pitched the idea, it was very much like, well, I'm a mother, I'm a fighter, I'm a wife. And these are the things that you've become. I'm a friend. And a friend, yeah, you become all those things. Uh, and that was the original inspiration, but then when you started really bringing your father into it, um, so if you want to like, you know, now we have the, the open forum, kind of like go into the inspiration behind Free the Problem. Okay, yeah. Um, so that's what it was. It was, uh, what are, the, like, who, who are you? What are you? And in wrestling, I initially was, Initially, and this is like before Roddy, I initially was a friend. 
uh, a friend of the Four Horsewomen. I was a friend to Rhonda. Like, Rhonda's my best friend. She's known each other since I was 12 and she was 13. We go way back. Um, and then I was Roddy's girl, uh, fiance wife. And this was right before Mm. he, you know, was right before he got hired with the WWE and started making his way up. And then after he got hired, I was a mom. So friend, wife, mom, and all of that was good and great. And we did what we could with it for wrestling. But uh, once I started like really tapping into like who I was and where I came from and what I was about, that's when I think everything started clicking for me. I, um, cause you told me like, you know, this was the first time I never had a chance to, I think you said that on the phone when you first called me, I never had a chance to tell my story. It's always been an addition to somebody else's story. Yeah. I've always been kind of like, a, you know, I trickle in or <laughs> somehow, you know, I somehow found my place amongst others and um it's crazy because like my my best friend and my husband were always encouraging me to like really be who i was not not like attached to anything else and um i had like a really hard time understanding what that truly was yeah especially when you're fresh in the business yes you know what i mean yeah and you know and it, it it's a really interesting way to come up in wrestling through NXT. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, it's not bad. It's yeah. not. It's it's an experience in itself. But if you've never, if you've never put yourself out there like that, and then you have to grow. Yeah. It's 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 tough. It's tough. Yeah. And at first, I didn't know who the fuck I was. You know, I was first year postpartum with Troy. Troy was like one. Um, I refused to travel without him. Cause I didn't want to leave him with anybody, yeah. you know, and it's just for a long time, it was just making sure everything around me was taken care of. And I was kind of like the last on my list, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Like, yeah. So once he started maturing and then like things started happening in NXT, I just really needed to fucking learn who the fuck I was again. Mm-hmm. And this is where I'll, I will forever be grateful to pro wrestling. And it doesn't matter that it was NXT. I learned the absolute most about myself in this business. And so when I got released, it was kind of like, it wasn't like I owe it to the business. I like really owe it to myself to, to really let, just tell my story yeah. because it's completely different. No, there's no one like me. <laughs> no. And it's about fucking time that I actually, uh, have a little pride with that. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's just kind of like how it happened. And yeah, just kind of go back, going back to like who I am and I am my father's daughter. Absolutely. Um, and uh, in this interview, I'm, I am going to end it with showing um, your, your cinema, your feature again. Uh, you know, I, I know this might pull on some heartstrings, but when you originally, uh, like when, if you watch it, if you watch Free Marina Shafir, uh, that is a, a dream sequence that she's almost having of how she actually was, you, you were raised, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. So if you want to tell a little yeah. bit about the garage. So my, uh, <laughs> my dad was, um, my dad was this big fucking burly, just, just a big man with a presence. Uh, he was a professional power lifter 
He was supposed to go to the 1974 Olympics, but because he was Jewish, he had his papers thrown out. And um, he was just an overall athlete, like in the village that I lived in Moldova, like he was, his nickname was the professor. And what's hilarious is that my first coach in NXT was Serena, and now she's the professor. Yeah, it's just crazy how everything like lines up. Mad props to Serena. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Um, seriously bad props. Yeah, uh, you know he he just had this aura around him. He was like the unannounced governor of Soroka. Like he was just everybody. If they had an issue, if they had a problem, they came to him, and he would. You not guide them, but like, you know, really have an honest conversation with them about where to go and what to do next. And people leaned on him. Everybody leaned on him because he was a big, strong, knowledgeable man. And uh, once we immigrated to America, like we moved to upstate New York and um, finally like got a house and stuff. My dad, uh, my dad, when he was growing up, he was in the special forces and this is crazy. Okay. <laughs> like, I remember being little and just joking around one time. We were watching, like, some uh, Sylvester Stallone movie. And, you know, like, uh, what was it? It was the one where he's, like, in the forest. Rambo? Rambo. Shit. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. And, you know, he's just killing all these people. And I actually look over at my dad and I'm like, Dad, have you ever, have you ever killed anybody? And he just, like, looked at me and gave me, like, like a, a corner smile. And he just put his glasses on and just like left the room. Like didn't say anything. <laughs> He'd never fucking said anything. So, you know, I I think I was like, what? Like 13, 14 years old. And I was like, what the fuck? That's when you start figuring it out, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then another moment, like, you know, just we were going to a judo tournament. We were going through airport security. And the first time my dad went through, like they updated their fucking security screenings things. And we're all going through this metal detector. He beeps. He doesn't, and I'm like, shit, dad, you leave your keys in your pocket. They start waving the wand. They start waving the wand. And then like somewhere on his leg, it just kept beeping. It just kept beeping like on his leg. And I'm like looking at my mom. My mom was looking at me. She's like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Just don't worry about it. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And then like a bunch of security people come around him. And I'm like, and then he's like talking, but he's very methodical. He's got, had like these big, like massive hands, like lobster fingers, just like meant for just grabbing shit and just tearing shit apart. You know, like his hands from powerlifting. Like I've never ever met anybody with as big hands, like bigger hands than my dad. And he's just talking and schmoozing his way with these security guards and they like let him go. And my dad walks by me and I'm like, whoa, like, what was that? And he's like, in Russian, he told me that he had shrapnel in his leg from like, Oh, wow. I thought you were building bullet. Like a knife or a weapon or no, something. Like no, bullets like bullets or like, you're like yeah. it's just shit that was left in his body and metal detectors picked it up because <laughs> they're updated. But like, my dad was just like a mysterious fucking, like, scary man. But, like, he had a very soft demeanor about him. He was very loving and very affectionate and uh, so intelligent. And there, when I started doing judo, um, he, we would train in our garage and, um, you know, he, <laughs> you just got a very, imagine like a very dimly lit garage and uh, he had this like really beat up tape player in the corner of the garage and he would have these like cases of like Russian music tapes 
tapes. Like CDs were totally in style. Yeah. No, my dad had tapes, yeah. like all these tapes. And we would listen to like folk Russian music. We would listen to um, classical music. Edith Piaf was one of those on the list. And that's what we were trained to. And, you know, uh, in his garage, like that was his sanctuary. Everything had a spot, everything was spotless. And, you know, he would just be sitting in his chair with like a little hat on and just like smoking a cigarette and have, he would always have his drink and his cigarette line, like in his hand, ready to go. And, you know, just calmly telling me to work. Like my dad never raised his voice when I was training ever. And so like when people would yell at me while I was like doing, like any coach that would yell at me while I was doing judo or strength conditioning, I fucking can't stand that shit. <laughs> All those CrossFitters are like, fucking go, go, go. I'm like, no, yeah. like that doesn't do anything. For yeah. me. It doesn't, it does the complete opposite for me. And uh, he was just very calm. And this was my dad in the middle of winter. We had a gazebo in our, our uh, backyard. And we had a gazebo, you have like, a foot of snow just laying down and like you just there you, walk, you have to walk across the deck to get into the gazebo and like the, there's one little bulb in the gazebo that shines and my dad in the middle of winter and like negative degree weather would put on his favorite winter coat he would bring like a, a half a pint of vodka like in a glass with him his cigarettes and then a russian sign like a sci-fi russian sci-fi book my dad loved to read especially sci-fi. And he would just sit outside while it was snowing, like late, nine, 10 o'clock, just <laughs> sit there in silence, reading his book, smoking his cigarettes, drinking his vodka. And he would just have like a beanie, just, it wasn't even on his head. It just sat on the top of his head, just sat there. And he would just sit there, just comfortable, this, this, this <laughs> pleasant smile, like that was, but you could see, the thing with this image is like, you see the steam and the heat coming off of him while he's sitting in the fucking frozen tundra of upstate New York. He's just in his fucking habit. He's like a husky, just like, fucking just And, and if, we, if we weren't in Florida, we would have done that too. <laughs> if we weren't in Florida. Yeah. Maybe there's a part two where we get to do that oh, in, man, in the cool. wintertime, you know? But like, that was my dad yeah. and that was, that was the vibe. That was his vibe. And I loved it. I fucking loved it. Because no one could fuck with him. Yeah. The way he handled people, the way he handled conversations, it was, it was like nothing I've ever seen before. Like, he just has a way of like getting people to understand, to settle down, to open up, to, you know, being fools, to being controlled. Like, it, it was, it's crazy how he was kind of like his own maestro, but like he was also the maestro to everybody else, especially in our home. And uh, that was just kind of what I wanted to recreate. My dad was just always like calm and just, Fierce. yes. <laughs> Which is and he just, he had intent with his silence. I never met yeah. anybody like that. I've never met anybody that could just sit and just them sitting would fucking scare the shit out of people. <laughs> That was him, you know, and uh, it's, in a sense, I'm starting to understand that, like, there are some things about him that I'm turning into. Yeah. And uh, 
the calmness and just the being collected and being reserved and like just uh I'm starting to understand why he was that way and like I'm starting to fall into that little by little. Do you want to explain the gloves? Yes. 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 So the problem. I came up with the problem I think like four months before I got released from NXT. Um I had this, everybody had like a slogan. I'm like, well, shit, maybe I need, maybe I need, what is it? Not a slogan, like a, yeah, like a moniker or whatever. Yeah. Um, a descriptor. Like a descriptor, yeah. something yeah. that like uh, people can attach to. Well, I, you know, I realized, and when it's, when, when I realized what was really gonna get me to understand how to perform and how to, be in the ring, I understood that the more that I got to know about myself and the more I got to put what I found out about myself into my work, I became more of a problem. <laughs> I did. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I know. And, and it's not, I realized like, that isn't just for me. That goes for everybody in this world who's trying to achieve something. The better you get at the better you get at a skill that you want to be proficient at, and there's a competitive edge there, you become a problem for the people that you are competing with. Mm -hmm. And I just decided that that's what, I, that's what I was gonna be. I got into this mind frame, I'm getting older, but I'm in the prime of my life. Absolutely. I'm not afraid of competition. I, you know, I used to cry when I would get like beat up and because I was like, oh, I don't wanna lose. And now, like, I've lost. I've lost. I've been knocked out before. I've been, I've been tapped out before. And I really understood the fact that, like, the faster you just are vulnerable into understanding why and how you lost, the faster you go back in there and you get a chance to correct your mistakes. It's so much of what the narrative is about, is that, that exact. It's... it's Every fight is is uh, a learning experience for yourself. Exactly. It's not for, it's not the the gloating, the victory. Uh, the, the better the better story is always in the loss. Exactly. You know what I mean, because if you win, then what do you know? Like, how are you getting better? How are you advancing? Yeah, and, people just are waiting for you to to fall, and that's that's also not a terrible thing. Like, I've like I still grapple. I still compete. I have like a couple grappling tournaments coming up, and. Um, November and December, and I have a big match coming up at the end of October, and I consider, like, I'm the way I'm training for that is like a, a fight, because I can't disrespect my opponent. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't, it just makes me hungrier. Like, I lose, I'm uh, more hungry to understand how I can win in that same situation. Like, people say they're relentless, but like, that's the, that's the thing is like, can you look in the mirror and be like, are you really being relentless? Yeah, yeah. Are you really, are you really understanding what it is about you that is not taking you over the edge and putting you into the column of winning? Yeah. But you have to surrender to the fact that like you're going to lose. You have to. Yes. You just have to understand how to protect yourself and work on those weaknesses while you're really fucking shooting for the moon. And it's a, listen. It's fascinating how you put it into words. Yeah, yeah and yeah, like, you know, and it, that's like my own like little internal yeah. movie. Like, 
you know. And then like it, everything else falls in. Like, I want Troy, my son, to like. I want him to truly be relentless. Mm -hmm. I, just, I, just watching what you show on Instagram with uh, how he's already training and stuff, and I was like, <laughs> yes. Like he's, you know, I know. Like I just. And you know, it's, he's already a champion. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, and it's <laughs> crazy how all this happened at like the timing of it all. Like, he's finally understanding. Like, when he trains, like, oh shit, it's up to me. Mm -hmm. If I'm going with someone like my same size, my same experience level, it's really up to me to allow them to beat me up. And I see him make the decision mm -hmm. to not get tapped out, to not <laughs> get like, to not let kids yeah. get like. He's actually. He's actually trying to win, and it's just, he doesn't even know what he's fighting for. He's four, right? He's four. <laughs> he's four. But that's, that, that, what's amazing about that, and I have a five-year-old, like, I, w I wish that she was doing those type of training, because like, he's going to be set up for social situations now. It's not even just fighting. It's, it's how to navigate in the world, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? As he goes into kindergarten and stuff like that, and going into the school environments, he's going to learn certain behaviors because of his his fighting background and his, mm -hmm. his wrestling background. That's what's so fascinating about that. The idea that I, I love parents that raise their kids in that world. You know, <laughs> I, like it's, it, cause it's, um, it's not even self-defense, but it's, it's also learning how to be calm when stressful situations happen, which yeah. is really rough for a four or five year old because like most little kids are little sociopaths and like, they don't know that half the yeah. time. You know what I mean? They don't know how to process emotion and stuff. And when you're, teaching it in a, in a fighting element, it's like, it's so much more fascinating. It's so much more, uh, you get so much more out of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 And it's just, it's, it's exactly that. You know, he, he's going to be an ignorant little kid <laughs> Yeah. because we've, we've spoiled him with like some very special and different and interesting social, um, just like social environment. Tell, tell everybody about, he was there when Roderick won the, the title, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, recently, The right? recent one, yeah, the, yeah, the Cruiserweight so, one. And like, yeah. that was like, can you imagine being four years old and watching your dad in that room and stuff and that, and that feeling and And like, I was, we were yelling our asses off at him. <laughs> we were yelling, at, like I, when I watch my husband wrestle, I'm, I just go right back to being at PWG and being like, fuck, that is the fucking <laughs> sexiest ass whipping I've ever seen anybody <laughs> give anyone and he, like, it's why I fell in love with him. It's because it's real to him. Mm -hmm. Like, he, I'm going to cry because he's like, <laughs> he's a really big influence on me, like, in that sense, because um, he came from dirt. Yeah. He came from fucking dirt. Like, we don't, you know, we, we're married on, oh, shit, man. He came from dirt and he, made dirt chocolate pie. Like, I, I don't know. A, like, he, he turned dirt into a diamond mine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, um, like, just nobody, he doesn't, I don't think he really understands that, like, this upcoming generation of wrestlers, they're mimicking him. Yes. They want yeah. to be like him. And, like, nobody wrestles like him. Nobody, nobody's got that guttural, like, fucking, and it's not that, like, it's because he understands why he wrestles that way. He understands who he is. He's, he's understood like how to become that problem for himself. When you come from nothing, you tell the best stories because everything's real. 
Oh man. Yeah, because you don't live any when you when you're raised with no artificial anything around you. It's just you only know you, like when you have the opportunity to have it, you fight for it over and over and over again. Um, and I've told you this privately, but like when I met him and we shared our upbringing story and. It was in the middle of the night one night, and I was just like this. I was so I felt so connected. I I understood because I had it too. Um, but then I was so much more uh, attracted to the way he wrestled because I know I knew every time he's channeling that in the ring, and and that's why he kicks so much ass. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, it's fucking real to him. It's I know it's fucking real to him, and like it's. <laughs> 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 one for you, one for me. Uh, oh, it, it's like endearing. It it's is. endearing and like, listen, our son is. Hopefully, he doesn't have very many struggles, like in his external life, you know. But the one thing that my husband and I agree on a lot is that he's gonna have to work for everything, mm-hmm. and. And it, that doesn't matter. Like, so whatever situation in his life that he's going to have to be in, he's going to have to understand that he's going to have to work in order to get into a more positive situation. Nothing is going to be given to him. No. And like, that's the ultimate lesson. Like, no matter where you are in your life and you want better, you're going to have to work for it. Absolutely. You're going to have to put in the time. You're going to have to put in the effort. And um, that's like the biggest there's no peace without suffering. I say exactly. it all the time. So how long, I mean, you've been training to, to fight your, your whole life. Um, what was it like taking the transition? Because, I mean, you were part of the Four Horsewomen. So out of nowhere. I am part of the horse, yeah, yeah, yes. Four Horsewomen. You, you are. So thank you for correcting me. Yeah, no yes. problem. Yeah, let me That's start like, that. I'm a, it's like, I am very proud to yeah. be, be yeah. that. Like, <laughs> let's not get anything twisted. Yeah. People start turning shit around and what's your relationship with those girls? And I'm like, listen. It never ended. You guys, it are, never you guys ended. are always family and it always will be family. Exactly. Yeah. We always ha- we're always going to have each other's backs, no matter what life situation, regardless of if, if, we, if we agree or disagree. We can agree to disagree, but we'll still have each other's backs. It's just how it is. Like, you know, Shayna's a sister that I never wanted. Rhonda's my sweat sister. And Jessamine, Jessamine's with Jessamine. Yeah. Like, you know, like she... You, Jessamine, you know, like it, we've been through some shit together and it would be disloyal and disrespectful for the rest of my career and life to ever like act as though that I am also not here because of my relationship with them. Mm -hmm. But people think that, you know, people, people think that like, we just like force this bond, but let them think that. I'm fine with that. Let them have that drama. Like we, but, we like, really formed like a sisterhood. You guys were already that before you came into WWE, right? Yeah. You, like, you guys well, were already like. Yeah, we did the yeah. Ultimate Fighter. Yeah, and, you guys um, were already all like everybody was art. Like it was so natural and synergetic once it became a part of the, the World Wrestling Entertainment product because it was so real. It was it was really interesting. So like going transitioning from like MMA to to here like. Right when I, um, I'm gonna go back to like that transition and yeah. we'll go into that. Uh, when I, so I lost two fights, two fights in a row that I definitely should have won, like, and I lost them terribly. 
And uh, I ended up having like a really bad neck injury that I was, that I, I had two herniated discs that I had no fucking idea what the fuck was going on. I didn't know why my, my left arm was going numb. I didn't know why, you know, like I couldn't sleep and I couldn't train normal and all this shit. Um, I went through the ringer with all of that. And right when I started competing again and right when I started getting back into the swing of things and feeling good, I got pregnant because I was so happy and, you know, in <laughs> love. And I got, it just, that's just what happened. And I got pregnant and then I ended up picking up all my shit, moving to Florida. And um, after, no, no, right before Roddy and I got married, um, I got a contract offer. And um, beautiful time. I know. <laughs> and what's crazy is like, this was a moment where I was kind of like, I didn't work for this. There are people, there are people who, like I immediately demeaned myself because like I worked my ass off in MMA. I was the first fucking person in the gym. <laughs> I was the last fucking person in the gym. Ask anybody who hard I've trained with. Hard work is hard work though. Exactly. You know I mean? like, but that's the thing is, I, I never was like, I never was like, look at how hard I'm working. I, it's just something that you fucking did. Yeah. You had to be at strength conditioning at 6 a.m. Your ass was getting up at 4.30 so you didn't have to hit traffic driving in LA. Like, that's just how it was. And then I had to be at work at one. Like, it's just how it was. But. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Anyways, fuck. I just get so emotional. Uh, I got pregnant, and then I moved, and I, then I had Troy. And then I think, like, six months, six months, six to seven, eight months post, he was, like, postpartum. He was, like, yeah, around six or seven months, I got a contract offer. And I had a moment where I was just looked at Roddy, and I'm like, yeah, there are people here who wrestled for a decade, and this is what they... Yeah. This is what they... This is their goal. This like, is their goal. Yeah. And uh, this is just being handed to me. It's fucking crazy. This <laughs> is fucking crazy. It's fucking crazy. I felt... <laughs> I, I, I felt disrespectful if I signed it, and yeah. I felt disrespectful if I didn't. Yeah. And, you know, I was in a transitional phase where I, I was scared that I wasn't going to be able to, like... I've just never been here before. Mm-hmm. Postpartum... No family. Um, my baby's like not even walking yet. Like yeah. it was just a very like scary time. So you were and ready to be just mom. You were ready to just mom it for, for a minute. Yeah, yeah, and I started like grappling yeah. and I started, you know, I had no one in Florida. Yeah. And then I started like, I had, to, I had to like open up to people that I didn't know. And then I thank God, one of the people, the, one of the first people that I met in Florida ended up becoming like my best, one of my best friends and like 
she was a nan she's a nanny to me she's a a friend she's a support system and like um talk about things happening for a reason but like she was a big reason why I took this fucking job was because I trusted someone with my kid yeah oh and like she had a son who was she has a son who's like four or five months or no Five or six months older than Troy. Oh, so, so that's really, it's a little bit right. easier when you. Yeah, so you whenever I would go to work, she would come over with her boy, and our boys would hang out. Yeah. You know, and like they're still, they're gonna be, they're brothers for life. Mm-hmm. But she was a big reason why I even signed the contract because I had care for Troy. Yeah. If I didn't have care for Troy, I wasn't going to Care.com. No, mm-hmm. I was not. I wasn't gonna do the little nanny interviewing pro No, because when they gave me the contract, they're like, figure it out. You gotta be to training on Monday. Yeah. And, and it was crazy. And, and and at that point too, like, as a parent, like, you've just been with your kid for six months. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like, oh, now I'm gonna start on Monday. And th- just those, and we've talked about this, but like that just those hours away from your child and how hard they are, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, and how difficult that is. Um, like that's that's really fortunate that you found that because that's that's rough to find out here. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's really rough to find out. But here. that's what I'm saying is like I I went out my way. I like I had to. I didn't even know that that shit was gonna happen. I didn't know the I was I didn't know I was gonna get a contract offer. I didn't know any of that was gonna happen. I just thought we were going to full sale to do a little standoff and see what 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 yeah. happened from there. You know, like it was. And by the way, I went there. I had um I had strep. I had strep and they begged me. They fucking begged. They're like, please, Rhonda's on the phone. She's like, I know you feel like dog shit. Can you just please come for like, it won't be more than half an hour and you'll be able to go home. And I I, I just was so fucking sick. I was so sick and I, they just wanted me to be there. And then I was like, fuck you guys, I'm leaving. I'm like, I'm so, I just feel like dog shit. But then that happened and the, you know, then I, we had our little journey in NXT and man, if I would have known the shit that I know now and applied it to when I first got hired, who knows where we would be? Like, who knows? Who knows? But that's, I think that's what being being free now, you get to finally see that. Like, you get to see that through. And Yeah, um, exactly. It's one thing I'm, I've been looking forward to in, uh, you said it earlier, is, you know, uh, being the opportunity to tell your own story. And, you know, we had the opportunity that, you brought to us to have you as our uh, stringer ending um, for everybody, you know, if you haven't seen it, she's at the end of Free the Narrative 2. Um, and creating the art, I even was so emotional because, you know, I don't know where this is going and I'm so excited, you know what I mean, with you. And, you know, a uh, lot of comments in, you know, Black Widow, but I, like, I see you as an assassin. I see you <laughs> as your father coming in and, and just being uh, a re- like such a, a reckoning to, to like, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm legit like goosebumps excited at it. Um, one thing I, I like to always uh, ask people, and there's a few questions after this, but we always talk about some, cause Adam knocked on the door here to EC3 and you know, um, what's the one person, well, who's like, like give, give me two opponents, give me a dream opponent to knock on that door. And then give me like, who do you see yourself fighting in the next narrative? Like wh- who do you like, what, like who's gonna bring out the best in you or who can you bring out the best in? Well, dream opponent is definitely Serena because she yeah. was my coach and because it lined up with like her dubbing herself as the professor. I'm yeah. like, oh, like that would be cool. Yeah. 
I'm, I've because she was yeah, my professor. Yeah, Serena, Serena versus Marina is something that I've thrown around a lot. I definitely would love to speak that into existence. Yeah, you know I, mean, I mean, like that's the thing though is like that's the really cool part about wrestling is that if you if you are you know if you take the steps, it'll eventually be there. Mm-hmm. And um, I just have a lot of respect for her, and yeah. I, uh, you know. It would just be different now because we've been separated, mm-hmm. you know, for a bit, and and, she's and just educating a, in different ways too. Yes, like, you know, yes. Like I, I definitely see you surprising her in a fight. You know what yeah. I mean? Like the, I bet she know? would surprise the fuck out of me too, yeah. man. Like she's, she's, she's timeless. Yeah, like, she is. She's time. Like the way she wrestles is timeless, and it's another person that a lot of a lot of wrestlers want to be like. And yes. I mean, I, you know, I, I just admire her so much. Um, as far as like who I would want to wrestle and uh, free the narrative, I mean, I feel like that's a question more for fans. Yeah. You it know, is. I think that's something like I, I I know. Look, I don't go on Reddit. I don't go on Squared Circle. <laughs> I don't. I only go every now and again to like see what I've been traumatized by fan oh, it's, it's fan opinions and and that, and that's the thing though is like they're allowed to have it. Mm-hmm. I'm also allowed to not see it. Yes. And I can not go there and feel judgmental towards myself and um, but there has to be a, a bit of a separation to also see like what they want from you. Yes. You know, and then like, how can you feed them? It's a growing place. Yeah, how can you like feed them without giving them an entire meal? How do you keep them hungry? (laughs) Amen to that. One thing I've I've been noticing uh, in like, because the narrative, because we don't consider ourselves pro wrestling, we consider ourselves something different. We're still figuring out what that is. I don't say I'm a wrestling producer, I'm a a therapist half the time with an art background. I love saying stuff like that because I then don't have to live under the shackles of something. And what I've noticed with creating you and, and, and all the YouTube comments and, and the narrative is that because you have shown your, this is the beginning of who you really are, it's mostly positive. You realize like the action theater of it all yeah. and the importance of that. And uh, I mean, when you and uh, Heather Monroe locked up, mm-hmm. uh, you guys were giddy, the excitement. And I was just like, come on, I hope they get fierce here in yeah. a second. But I was loving that emotion too. I was like, you know, there's. There's something uh, within happiness and, and violence too, and having like the, the right person to just spar with. Yeah, and, and that's, and that's, that's, that's such an excitement. I, 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 there was my, uh, like I've produced uh, MMA shows and kickboxing shows, but I never got to produce cinema within that environment. And I was so excited. I just, it was such a growing experience for me too. Like I, yeah. I was, it was very exciting. Yeah. The excitement is really what it yeah. was like. Yeah. And that, and that's funny because like a, that's a that's a thought that you know I've had a few times is like would I if I was still fighting would I be kind of approaching it the same way that I am pro wrestling and absolutely like it's the it's the same in fighting the more you learn about yourself the more you really understand what the fuck your strengths are the more you understand how to work on your weaknesses mm-hmm. you know what I mean and it's the same fucking way like it it's is. all the same. It's all like, what are you fighting for? Do you, do you for? see yourself fighting again? I definitely want to like be a competitive grappler. Jiu-jitsu and martial arts will be in my life for the rest of my life because that like, I am endlessly happy there. I am like, I'm infinitely happy there. I'm yeah. infinitely happy 
being in a room with people who are legit fighting for their future. And um, I know it's weird. I've seen you in that environment, and it's very like that's your church. Yeah. Like that, and, like, and my synagogue. Yes. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. My bad. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm the brain kidding. Of a, yeah, place of worship. <laughs> By the way, Russian Jew, Jew dying breed. I mean, that's, that's, uh, I'm just kidding. Um, but I'm not. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's a very interesting environment. I fucking I fucking love my I love the gym environment because you want to talk about control your narrative and free the narrative. Like that's that's like. That's what it is. It is, yeah. it is. like that's what it is, and it's that's what it is. Like sped up in its mm-hmm. in its own special way, and I, you know, everybody's got a story. Like one of my best training partners, Hannah Goldie, she fights for the UFC. She's a mom. She's come from dirt. She's come through fucking <laughs> shitty situation. My nanny, fucking Jada. She's come from dirt. She's yep. got three fucking kids, and she run. <laughs> she's running. She's the first. I'm sorry, I have to because like it's a village. Yeah, yeah. Like when you become a mom, you realize it takes a fucking village and it really does. It really does, yes. And she's three kids and she's the first female to fucking run a competitive like submission grappling <laughs> tournament. She's the first like I don't know of any other chicks who <laughs> are so running. I know. And she's already she already has she's got She's had two events. I'm doing the third one. It's December 4th. And it's, I show me somebody else who's done that shit. Just show me, please. Like, I would love to know. Yeah. Like, is she just, people who are just making the most, like, that environment is what gives her livelihood. That environment is what gives her peace. She has her community there. And that's how it should be. That's how pro wrestling is. Like, pro wrestling is like that. I've, there, if you, do you realize that you're sitting on the precipice of pioneers? Like, like every, like your whole story all along, like you're, you, whether it's MMA or wrestling, you guys are, you're, you're part of a village that are at the forefront of things. Cause you're like, show me somebody else. Tell me somebody else. Yeah. Everything you're doing with us, you are definitely a pioneer cause you're so young in your life that when you get to, you know, 10 years down the line, you'll look back and like, look at, look at the waves I, I, I started. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Cause like, you're not someone that, you know, dips your, f- your foot in the water. You take the, boulder and just throw it right in. Yeah, like I'm, I'm also trying to learn how to do that the most efficiently. Like my boulders have been different sizes, you know, but like the intent is the same. Absolutely, And yeah. um, it's all fucking, it's all, uh, it's all a learning experience. And I, I'm not doing it perfect, but I'm trying to get there. I'm trying to figure it out, like, you know, this is something that Rhonda and I always talk about. Like, even with her when she got signed with the UFC, dude, she fucking flew to Albany. I had my car packed ready to go. Mm-hmm. She flew to Albany, and we cross country road trip the north side of the United States to Seattle to for her to go pick up her UFC belt. <laughs> and then that day was, or that night either that day or the following day was when her and Liz Carmouche got announced. And she's just got her belt in a fucking 2007 Honda Civic and the fucking air conditioning and heat is a little bit cranky. You know, like, and we're we're also Wetzel at the time, like our buddy Wetzel who, oh man, I hope he's doing well, but he was not in a good place. Like he was just, 
he was, he was roughing it out. He was uh, detoxing off some shit and like he was in a rough spot, but you know, I'm just, that whole trip, that just understanding the magnitude of it. Cause like she came to pick me up and we drove through uh, South or North Dakota. We visited her home. We, we actually got into the house and like, it, nobody was living there. So we got into the house and we like, it was just yeah. a crazy thing. And then she went to go pick up a UFC belt. And then we <laughs> drove down the PCH to fucking Venice. And like, oh. that's where my life kind of started. And that's where my journey started. And that like, I never got to like talk about that shit. It was crazy. <laughs> it was fucking crazy. What kind of like therapy, like that is an origin story. You know what I mean? If there ever was your, or that is where your story starts and experiencing that uh, and coming and like. But that's was, a, that was yeah. a lot of the conversation that like Rhonda and I had in that drive. And, you know, I just, I remember it. it she was always, this is why I, you know, she's not just my friend, she's my fucking ally. Like she's, and her, her and Roddy have so many similarities. It's fucking crazy. Like, you know, sometimes there's sometimes I look at her and then I look at him and it's like, holy shit, I married like the male version of her. It's weird. I don't know what the fuck is going on. Like they just have yeah. so many character similarities Yes. because they both, it's real to them. Absolutely. And yeah. that's been like my uh, trend in life. But a conversation that we had a lot of the time during that, during the beginning time of me living there and like training was creating something that was bigger than her. It wasn't just about the shit that she was doing. Absolutely. It's what is this gonna mean like five years from now? Yeah. Like, but un when you're an ignorant, like early 20 year old something, yeah. you don't really realize like the magnitude of that decision making. Absolutely. You don't realize the magnitude of like the things that are gonna start trickling down. Like it, it was fucking huge. Like, and. I was in the center of it <laughs> with her. And I didn't realize, like, I wish that, not I wish, but like, it, it, everything happens for a reason. Absolutely. I wish I, looking back, like, I question if I understand the importance of the situations that I'm in now more, like, more, like, more so because back then I didn't. Mm -hmm. I was my best friend yeah. in judo who, like, dude, like, we've been through this shit. Like we sacrificed chickens in the woods of Belgium. Like, it's just crazy. <laughs> I mean, it was a cooked chicken. It was cooked chicken bones. And, and like, that was when she first, her, she won her first, like, it, just being happy for her, but also understanding what did that mean? Like, what does that mean for my journey? Mm -hmm. Aside, like, yeah. like alongside her, Absolutely. you know what yeah. I mean? And I never, I never took the time to really internalize things for myself. Because you're I, so busy living it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's and uh, I, you know, I'm watching her question herself throughout her entire career. Like, mm -hmm. is this what I want to do? Is this what I do? And like, I should have been doing the same exact thing for myself. And I'm glad that it happened. But your role was as, as, as a friend, of be there for therapy and, and being that person. Yeah. And that. also being my own, being my own fighter in my mm -hmm. own right. Yeah. And I was scared because... <laughs> I'm living in the magnitude of like what she's creating mm -hmm. and it's a lot. It's dude, it's <laughs> a imagine. lot. It's imagine. a lot, man. Yeah. It's uh fuck man. One of like the, the third or fourth fight 
camp that I was part with her and she had me like, I'll say this, I'm just gonna end it with this because I could talk about this forever because she's also somebody that I'm like really proud of because she came from nothing. Um, there's a whole podcast dedicated to the two of you guys and just you guys. You really? Know, yeah, I think there's a whole, yeah, there's a whole podcast that people would just want to not only hear those stories, but just hear you guys together. Oh, you know dude. I mean? Yeah, that's, that's, totally, yeah, that's totally there in the future. Yeah, you know she's, I mean? like, she's the shit. She's and she's going to be the shit as mom. Like, she already is. And But she, when she fucking hit her stride, she was the female Lil Wayne of the MMA. She yes, was fucking yeah. everywhere. No one could touch her. No one. You want to you wanna talk about Conor, Conor McGregor and whoever the fuck else? No. Like, there's nobody at all those, all those people who claim to be at the top. Like, I'm sorry. You did not have to do the things that she had to do. Like, there's no way. There's no fucking way. She did the most media. She never said no. There was, for five or six years, she, she never said no to media. She was completely out there. She had, she had to talk about her dad killing himself, like, seven interviews in a row. And then she has to go online and see fans tell her on Christmas to go kill herself so she could join her dad. Like, I uh, mean, when I talk about magnitude, yeah. when yeah. I'm talking about like resonating to the person you are inside, yeah. how do you separate yourself from that? Yeah. When you have to do that and then she acts the way that she does, yeah. who are you to tell her she's wrong? <laughs> How many people that have judged her for being emotional and being so fucking crisp and yeah. fast with her responses? You don't know what the fuck she had to deal with, like, yeah. leading into those things. I'm sorry. Like, fuck those people. <laughs> fuck those people. Let them say whatever the fuck they want. Yeah. Fuck them. Cool. Honestly, because, like, what needs to happen is there needs to be more of a separation between artists and then people's dumbass opinions. Because then you want you want them to have more dumbass opinions. Yeah. You want them to be invested. You want them to feel yeah. irritated or fucking hating on you. Because you know what? People hate things that they can't conquer, yes. and that's just a that's a natural part of this business. And that's ultimately what I want to become. I want to become a problem that no one can fucking conquer. And that's <laughs> just my goal in life. And I hope that I get there. I hope that. I hope that wherever I go with this next, it, yeah. it takes me there. Yes. And if it doesn't, well, I tried. Well, thank you for joining us today. That was a great, <laughs> that was a great ending promo. Thank you so much. Uh, do you have anything you want to add, some handles or anything like that? Like, um, like will I, find you online or anything? Like, you'll find me. You find, yeah, all right, you got <laughs> you'll it. You'll find the problem. That yeah. People always do, so. Well, thank you, for, thank you for controlling your narrative, and thank you, uh, I, like I said, I, I'm looking, I'm so excited to see what this turns into. Me too. Thank you for everything. Fuck yeah. I know, right? <laughs>